Success with Style. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli. And today we have Becca Kaysen Thrash. May we call you Becca Licious? If you choose, okay. I sort of love that. Superstar. She's a celebrity in her own right. Social star, philanthropic star, style star, superstar in my book. Oh my. Rock star. Rock star, yes. Well, you can. Well, we're not going to ask you to hum a few bars, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but you know your way around a bar, and you, I do. And yes, <laughs> sadly, maybe a little too well. Well, thank you for taking the time to come here. We're so delighted excited to, to chat be invited. With you about Great to see you both again. Your own secrets to success and your recipe for success. Now you can inspire others. Oh gosh, thank you. Truly, we're so happy to have you here. So let's jump into it, Rob. Why don't yeah, you go so, first? Um, so Becca. One thing we want to know, and we know you grew up in Harlingen, what was the first dollar you ever made down there? The first what? Dollar. Dollar. The first dollar I ever made was I got a job after school and junior high as the receptionist at KGBT Channel 4 Television, and that was my first job, and I got it because I wanted to buy more clothes for myself than my mother and daddy were willing to buy for me, so I thought I'll just do it myself. Isn't and that I've fantastic? had that mentality for the whole rest of my life. And that, did that connection <laughs> happen through your father? It did. Because my father had been a professional football player, and then he went into the insurance business. But because he was a celebrity down there and had been, you know, a professional football player, he did the sports at night, right. kind of for fun more than anything. So at 6 and at 10, Dad was reading the scores and giving his commentary on. So I had a little bit of a an entree there it's with the general manager. They had no track. choice. But <laughs> it was high. nepotism at its very <laughs> finest. So let me, I'm doing the math on that. Junior high is like 12, 13, 14, right? That's pretty young yeah, that's, to earn your first yeah, dollar. Yeah, yeah. I think I was, I think I was 12. Wow. I think I was 12. 12 it's, or 13. And did you have the sophisticated voice that you have now back then at 12? Well, <laughs> After I had been a receptionist for 10 minutes, I went into the general manager and told him that I thought I was ready to have my own show <laughs> and asked to be, you know, to ask to be interviewed. And I mean, you know, I'm sure he was rolling his eyes, you know, in the back of his head. But they put me through all the, you know, I got to do it. And I did not get my own show, by the way. It. But it probably worked out for the best that you did. It probably did. You know, Joanne King Herring Davis had her own show yes, she did. back in the 60s. She's my... She's my girl. I just love her so, so Absolutely. much. And I didn't know about it then, but that's kind of what I had in my head. I wanted to sit and interview people, but at 13, <laughs> um, I didn't get the job. Well, you know, and that's, that, that was in a world where there were shows like that. There we were back one then. in Austin called uh, Women's World. No, no. They, they're, they're, it was on In Between the Soaps, they, right? They, at they, noon they, time and afternoon. Were they were ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. They were on every local channel. Almost everybody had a local you know, talk show yeah, in yeah. the morning. And then the radio talk shows were so important too because radio was so important back in the day. Right. right. Yeah. And now, and now it's all about podcasting. Yeah. Or and reality television. And now it's all about podcasting. I will tell you one thing I did at 13. I had a business card made up from KGBT TV and a group called the Beatles was coming to Houston, Texas to play at the Coliseum. I've heard of them. And my grandmother bought me my Poochie tights and my Poochie tunic, and she bought me a ticket, and I went at age 13 
not only to the concert, but I got into the press conference. <laughs> That's incredible. I got into the press conference. So how did you wow. get into the press conference? I just had flashed on my card and said I was there representing KGBT. <laughs> and I'm sure I was Poochie. 13 going on 35. <laughs> of and, course. And Poochie from head to toe. And that was kind of Poochie. And I, and I thought Paul McCartney <laughs> was going to call on me and fall in love with me, but he, he didn't. Neither, uh, neither happened. So when you would meet him <laughs> later, did you share that story? <laughs> no, I never did. I should have, though. I he should have. He would be have. so by that <laughs> he would yeah. he is the most normal nicest guy you will ever meet yeah in the rock world for have, sure have you done an event with him i can't remember never have done an event with him but you've met him i've i've, I've uh, stella his daughter came to houston i think it was a couple of years ago and there was a beautiful dinner for her at terry havens and i sat next to her and we we went all down that you know she knows all about it oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he does it you know <laughs> well and her sister mary mccarthy is lovely oh, too my, mary mccartney's one of the the great great photographers she is mm -hmm. and her mother linda that's eastman right. that's right uh was a photographer and that's how she met paul they were it was in the 60s early 60s and the Beatles had just come to America for yeah. the first time to be on Ed Sullivan and she got the assignment to follow them and photograph them and they fell in love and the rest is history. Isn't that wow. incredible? Well, I got to know Mary because she had an exhibit at um, the Goss Gallery in Dallas, right? And so That's exactly right. I was just there. I was just at oh, two by two this past yeah, weekend. Was that which this we're year. gonna get to in a moment. Unbelievable. It is a well oiled machine. I'm it so is proud a of Dallas. I wish we had that. It was the twentieth year and John and I were at the first one and at the um, they, they honor an artist every year and that the first year was Robert Rauschenberg, and he yes. was there. Yes. And the second, another prominent and the second Texan. year, right? Another problem was Julian Schnabel, yep, your buddy. who is not really from Texas, but he had lived in Brownsville mm -hmm. in the okay. late 60s, which is where I met him. He was a surfer, and I was a surfer groupie. And then he went <laughs> to the University of Houston for 10 minutes. And, right. then, um, and then we sort of stayed in touch, sort of. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, that's how it is with all you famous Everyone people. said, oh, fame and fortune has made him such a jerk. And I went, oh, no, no, he was always Always sure. that way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> always. Right. He was kicking sand <laughs> in your I face. And I say it to his face. Of course I do. <laughs> but now you have some Julian Schnabel pieces. Oh, totally yeah, we okay. do. We yeah. absolutely, many. Yeah. So, um, all right, so what were we talking about? Mary McCarthy. McCartney, Mary McCartney, sorry. Mary McCartney. Yeah. And so that's how we had um, Kate well, Moss on the cover of Brilliant after your cover. Oh, that's right. So Golly. only Kate Moss could follow Becca Case yeah, and Thrash. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lance. Uh, that's how that <laughs> thanks was. Thanks a lot. Kate Moss is about as flawless as they come. As are you. You, as were, was her you predecessor. were a recent Society Diaries oh, cover girl. That's right. I was so honored. Truly, oh. that was just su such a privilege. You know, just hours before that photograph, I don't know if you two know this story, but as I was going into the Petit Palais to get ready... To, for the setup for the dinner that night, I heard what I thought were fireworks, but it was a shooting on the Champs Elysees, <gasps> and they foiled a terrorist. Well, they murdered, they killed him. They didn't murder him. They, you know, right. they saved the, the city from right. him blowing up everything. But every single museum in the area got locked down. <gasps> so our catering couldn't get in, the florist couldn't get in. It was the hottest day in recorded Parisian history. It was 100 degrees. Wow. And we're all standing in the beating sun. And mm. I, we, I, I, had, uh, I, I texted uh, the Louvre and I said, 
let's get in touch with all of our guests and say, because it's such a hot day today, we're going to give you an extra hour and a half to luxuriate, take a bath with ice cubes, take your time. We'll see you at 9 instead of 7.30 for dinner because there was no way. Right. I mean, right. we had to set up with the caterer, had to get in. Sure. The, the flowers were wilting in the vans. So hours later, that picture was taken. And that I even look semi decent. It's amazing you because amazing. I did not even get to brush my teeth or take a shower. I had no time. Well, you'd never know. And what's really funny is that people will ask me because people know you through your reputation of being an excellent hostess and philanthropist. And a lot of people know me as a common denominator, right? Because we've worked together a lot and had a lot of fun together. And they've said, well, you know, my God, that photo is so touched up. And I'm like, not one iota. She is that beautiful. There so was sweet. a freak. All true. No, but there was a freak heat, you know, heat wave. I mean, all the, you it know. It was. I mean, there was, yeah. I mean, I, like, I mean, literally, there, everything that could happen, it was Murphy's Law. Right. I mean, there was a terrorist attack every 10 seconds, and no matter where it was, even if it was in London, they would show summer. the Eiffel Tower, and they would show the pyramid. Right. And I wanted to call CNN and say, stop showing my party <laughs> venue. Right, right, Every time there's right. it, because then I, people, were, people were, 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 were canceling. That's right. People with children just said, we right. can't do it. We can't do it. And I would go, please, you're more likely to get shot in the parking lot at Neiman Marcus. I mean, there right. were 380 people killed in two, three, 2016. There were 380 people killed in Houston by firearms, and in the whole of Europe, there was only 16 people killed that year by terrorists, and of them, I think six were Americans. So, but they're, but they're not running the murders in Houston. They're not looping right. them on Chicago, MSNBC on and markets, CNN right. and Fox, and yeah. they're just not doing it, or right. Chicago's double. Yeah. Well, and I think that just makes what you did, um, doing a, a gala in Venice less than 48 hours later, even right. the more like a gala three yeah it was it was it was six it was six days and there was something it was a black tie That's or a very elegant dinner every single night for the same people so wow. i had to make each one of those nights different because it was the same 200 people going to everything so how you know you are really the best hostess I've Thank ever known you. and you Thank really you. really are and I'm privileged that I've ever even been able to go into your house and experience it being it, in the room baby it, being in the room and it's just me- like it's literally, it's, it's, oh you're I good and, and it truly is Mecca for anyone who wants to know Mecca is Mecca, Mecca is, is Becca Mecca is Becca so, that's how that, that is but how do you keep what advice would you give to somebody to keep it fresh and interesting for that many different nights in a row I mean that's just beyond incredible Thank you so much. Well, I'm very, very privileged because every single night was designed here in Houston with Richard Flowers and I and his gifted team in his warehouses. So we'd go over there and it would be night one, Petit Palais. I'm envisioning citrus. My first idea was sunflowers because the sun's still so high in the sky mm-hmm. at you know, 7.30 and 8 o'clock right. at night. And so I, I, you know, yellow is always a big... Uh, favorite of color of it's mine. It's a happy color it's too. It's a happy color, but it's a summer color. And so, but we changed it to sort of gradations of yellows and peaches. And then somebody on his team said, "How about if we do this the seat colors to change?" And so it was really. I mean, I think it was Richard that said that. Richard's great, and I'm a very loyal person. I've worked with him for 25 years. Right. So we literally did every single 
party in every single venue. It was designed in the warehouse. And then what we did was we do menus. We literally say we need this many daffodils, we need this many yellow orchids, we need this many roses. Wow. And then we'd send that to the people on the ground in Paris, my teams in Paris, mm -hmm. and they would order everything. And then Lee and Angel and Richard went over in advance and worked with all the people on the ground in Paris and in Venice to, you know, see the concept realized. But it was really hard because it was 100 degrees and there's no air conditioning in the day of the, the day of the Grand Nuit in, in the Louvre. We had to move everything. Wow. It was going to be in the pyramid. Well, the pyramid's like a solar panel. Oh and gosh. so not only would the flowers oh. have wilted, the, the, the souffles would have fallen, and the guests would have fainted. So I had to make an executive decision at 7 o'clock in the morning to move everything underneath into the bowels of the Louvre, into the moats. And nothing had ever wow. been done by, uh, down there before. And Which we didn't was even so know cool. it was going to and that, it was cool yeah. and it was and, and 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 it was cool feeling because it was so hot in the pyramid even when we postponed the concert with Duran Duran we postponed the auction until 11 hoping that the extra generators and the air, extra air conditioning would cool the space down enough it was still hot when we got in there yeah. but everybody was drinking and having yeah. fun and they didn't care any longer right yeah. well it looked beautiful in the photos Thank you. Everything looks beautiful. That's in the another photos. thing that happened that person. day. I get a text from Simon Lebon, Becca. I just feel you should know my mother's passed away, and it cut off. There was nothing else, and I'm in the bowels of the moat, and it's four square miles, and I have to run to the Sphinx, run up, go over to the Wing Victory, cut up to the Roman, trying to find a signal, and here come in all these emails and all these. You know what it's like when you finally right. get a signal, and he's and he's and he said to finish. This is to say, I told you I would sing for you tonight, and I will, but please don't make me sit down for dinner. And I'm like, thank God for about 10 minutes. I thought I was, I was going to have right. to get up there and sing myself. And, do your own and it was thing. not Which going to be great. It was not that would have been be, worth the price please, of admission. Please <laughs> tell me now. <laughs> it ain't over yet, Becca. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> the singing career of Becca, Kaysen Thrash. Yes, it is. And full circle The first time I was at your house was for singing with the stars. That's right. That was such a fun. That event. was a fun such night. a fun. Event. That was a great event. It's very different than Dancing with the Stars. Yes, I did that one too. Yeah. Dancing with the Houston Stars that benefited Houston Ballet. That's right. And we had some characters up there, and we. Ju I mean, everyone's been up there to dance. It's 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 amazing if you if you go and ask somebody to do something for you. I mean, of course, you know, people support people, don't get me wrong. But when you couple it with, and it's going to benefit Houston Grand Opera, or it's going to benefit Houston Ballet, right. it's real hard to get a no out of people, because they know I'll tell everybody. <laughs> they turn down the Houston Ballet. And they trust you, too. They know and they do. it's going to... I hope so. I think so. It's going to be incredible. So you've been at this, this, in quotation marks, of living your very stylish life, Kind of since you were the receptionist, kind of at at the at the at the TV station. I yeah. mean, it really progressed from there. I know yeah. the famous story of you, you know, really hunting down the new Vogue and the grocery store and the Piggly Wiggly and the Piggly Wiggly. And mother wouldn't let me buy them. We couldn't afford them. I mean, we were, were not rich people. And so I would just go to the grocery store with her, and I would just hang out and get as much absorb as much as I could before I had to close the magazine somebody would come up and say either buy it or put it up right I'd have to put it up and right and so Jean Shrimpton had to st had to stay on the newsstand god I loved her so much so beautiful Yardley Biba 
Back in the days. All back in the those. days of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Carnaby Street so and all Twiggy, that Twiggy, all yeah, of them. Of course. When you went to Houston that first time for the Beatles concert, did you think Houston's going to be my home? Oh, I had no, 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 not at all. In fact, the Coliseum was torn down and uh, and it's Hobby Center now. And Hobby it's Center, the Hobby yeah. Center now. Yeah. yeah. No, I never thought, I mean, I, I knew I would leave Harlingen in, in about the 10th grade. I knew that I would finish school and leave and, and not come back. Okay. I, I, I knew that I, I had to have a bigger life than that. So for anyone out there, and for anyone out there who may be in a small town and is afraid to kind of make that jump, what advice would you give them? Oh, just to go for it? Because what's the worst that can happen? You go home. But what's the best that can happen? The world's your oyster. And you can have just a, I think people can have pretty much any life they want if they really just seek it out. It's not really that hard. Do you think that people, because you're a hard worker, I, th I yeah. always say you're well, the I was, hardest. Well, I was going to actually put a PS that it's really okay, not that yeah. hard. It yeah. really is really, really hard. But anything worth achieving is hard work. It just is. But if, it, if you want it and you're willing to put in, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears, right. you can have it. Do you think that people are driven now to seek that, to seek the life that they want? It seems like everything's kind of... Okay, well, I have... I, I, that's such an interesting question. And I have sort of a, a not very positive answer to it, okay. which is when I was growing up, it was, you know, our parents were the greatest generation. And self-promotion was considered vulgar. And yes. and so and David Brooks wrote a great book about this, by the way, about for for the the, mm -hmm. the yeah. op-ed yeah. uh, writer for the, the New York Times. But um, now all this Instagram and Facebook and self-promotion, I think, has taken a lot of the soul away from not all, but many of these millennials coming up. They're so self-oriented, and I think it's life in the end is so much more rewarding when you can look back and think look at all the things you've done for other people and not so much for yourself because when you're doing something for other people it's going to come back to you right right absolutely so with with our parents being part of the greatest generation was that instilled to you to help others like you've done at the super high level well that's Another interesting question, Lance, you're just full of good questions today. I got a million um, of them. <laughs> no, the, the true an answer is no, just because, as I said, I'm from Harlingen. There was no such thing that I can recall as charities or philanthropy to this day. I mean, you don't go to a fundraiser down there. Okay. You, you know, you go to a football yeah. game or mm -hmm. you go across right. the border, maybe less and less mm -hmm. these days. To mm -hmm. the, the big Saturday night was driving over to Matamoros and having, you know, a, a, a dinner. Yeah. But um, there was no foundations in giving and charity and fundraising. So that all came later after its exposure. Everything in life is exposure. Right. Once you're exposed to it, then you, you, you can sort of take that route or not. But you sought that exposure. I mean, you really, you really sought it. Well, no. Because it didn't just happen. Well, the truth is, um, Holly Moore and I had... I mean, I work for Vogue magazine, and I speak Spanish, and I lived in Mexico City, and I lived in London for yeah. 10 seconds, and mm -hmm. um, went through the whole rock star moment as all, not all young, but I, ha I, ha I was particularly lucky, sort of, I guess. And then um, Holly and I started a public relations company, because I'd been with the magazine, she'd been with the magazine, Ultra, Case and, Moore. and we started Legendary. Case and Moore, and we 
had two divisions, a public relations media division and a special events division. And I was the head of the special events division because I've been giving parties since I can remember. I mean, my first party, I had no money. I made pinto bean soup. I went into somebody's backyard and cut flowers, literally stole them, yes, but it's a misdemeanor, not a felony. <laughs> and, so, um, and so one time somebody called Holly Moore, and this was literally in the late 80s, and they said, Becca, we just we just we were driving by the street, and Becca's got pinky shears, and she's cutting red berries out of somebody's yard. And Holly said, "Oh, she's probably just having a dinner party," and hung up on him. <laughs> because for her, it was just every good. You know, it was just another day it's in the case life. More event. But I've always loved to entertain, and I've always been creative enough to take the dollar and stretch it from here to Dubai. So I don't know. I think that's a gift from both my grandmother and my mother. They just instilled that in me. Right, the practicality. The practicality of it all. And then we started working for these nonprofits, and we were getting hired and paid to do all these lavish parties and fundraisers for them. And then when I sold my part of Paper City, my half, to Holly, and I was going to be a trophy wife 22 years ago or what it, however long it was, you can only go to lunch so many times. <laughs> I, I, I'm a working girl, and I yeah. like to work, and I right. like to be productive, and I like to accomplish things. And so these nonprofits that I had once worked for started asking me to go on their boards. And within a year, I was sitting on six boards. Wow. And then I started becoming, I didn't realize it or seek it, but I guess the word, I was a fundraiser and a philanthropist because my husband and I were giving back then, writing out the big checks. Right. As much as we were, as much as we were, you know, uh, giving, we were raising. And so that's how it all happened. And then my husband had this big house and he didn't build it to go into community service, but I took <laughs> it there. <laughs> now, can we, just for a second, can we talk about the inimitable John Thrash? Oh, let's do. He's the greatest. Maybe I, one, one I, of the I hit the jackpot with so him. So much really fun. Yeah. Just the nicest, most down-to-earth guy you would ever want to meet. Smartest, most humble, looks you in the eye. Fun, the real funny, deal. he's the real deal. Yeah. How, did, the real deal. How, how did you two initially yeah. meet? By accident, because <laughs> I was leaving a party one Sunday night. It was 10 o'clock, and I saw a black Ferrari drive up, and I thought, oh, God, it's a, you know, probably a drug runner or something. Again. Uh, you know? <laughs> and he got out, and I'd had too much red wine, and I was leaving, and he was walking in, and, I, and he said, Hi, and I went, how rude, really, to <laughs> arrive at a party at 10 o'clock at night. I just can't tell you how rude I think that is. And he was flabbergasted. Anybody <laughs> would speak to him like that. And he went, so I take it the party's over. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the last one to leave. He says, is there any food in there? I'm starving. I went, oh, my God, there's tons of food, but there's no people. He said, would you sit with me while I eat? And we were married three months later. I didn't know it happened. Wow. That's exactly how it happened. I love That's that. exactly how Meant it to happened. Be. Right be. party, right Ferrari, right No, guy. I made him sell the Ferrari. I but said, I mean, I'm not going like, to ride in a Ferrari right. with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you look like a drug dealer. So he had two Ferraris at the time, and we, I made him sell them both. Let me just, let me, have, let me, uh, right guy. Who right just happened guy. to be right, right yeah. guy. driving a black Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Three months later, I don't think I knew it was that quickly. It was that quick. Wow. What, what that made quick? you know he was the one? One night we were leaving dinner early on. This I would say this is like the third week we were okay. we were leaving La Grilla. We'd had a wonderful dinner, and he 
really didn't eat much that night. We were engrossed in conversation. And he asked them to box up his food and box up some more food. And we went to the Pierce Elevated, and he got out and gave a bunch of food to some of the homeless people. Oh, wow. And, and he wasn't doing to show off or anything. They all knew him. Uh, he had done it before. Right. You know, and I just thought, this, this, is, this, this guy's got it going He's on. also this is, this a is giver like you are. Exactly. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, and going back to our earlier part of the conversation, you are the ultimate hostess. He's the ultimate host. Thank you. I mean, he is as engaged as you are. He is. When, I mean, he, you know, at the door and throughout the room and all of the rooms that you have, he is engaged and is genuinely interested in the guests who have chosen to be there. And he takes that seriously. He's the best. And he, in the old days, I would go to sleep. Well, I used to put on my pajamas and come downstairs as a signal. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. You really need to go home. But I wouldn't say it, but people would go, oh, my God, Becca's got on her pajamas. We have to leave. But that didn't, <laughs> la- and but then that didn't last very but long. But that didn't though. last for very long. And one time, the late Mickey Rosemary, who I adore, said, oh, great Mickey. pajamas. Can I get another martini? And I thought, okie dokie, this is not working anymore. <laughs> and then I would flash the lights, and people would just light candles. But John would stay up till 3, 4, and 5 in the yeah. morning, you know, and, and, and stay up with the diehards and philosophize and talk about life and, and he's a medical love. doctor he is a doctor he's a, he's an md phd he's a um beautiful pianist i didn't he's know that a, oh i had no idea yeah, about yeah. that yeah, you're yeah. a singer he's a pianist I, oh yeah t- captain tenniel ta- ta- take our show <laughs> on the road exactly <laughs> Stephen Eady, <laughs> or something like that I probably have more Stephen Eady songs that I want to care out loud, probably. but admit out loud. But yeah, uh, sorry, millennials, you know, no idea who we're talking about. Oh, oh, those millennials. <laughs> well, let's get back to the whole millennial fame, instant fame, insta fame, yeah. all that. You you have achieved prominence. I, I think fame is probably not the right word. Prominence, because fame feels cheap. Prominence to me feels celebrated and elevated. So you are Thank a very you. prominent carrot and earned prominent person in this fabric of many many circles do you think if you were a millennial now that you would have sought the insta fame like they are because that's the choice or because it sure would have been easier i don't know the answer to that question just being very honest but i will say this in the last 20 years i have never seen a facebook page I have never done any social media. I do follow some people on Instagram. It's fun, yeah. but I, I don't post anything, and I just can't. I, I don't judge anybody who does because I sure have a good time following tons of my very, very, very glamorous and cultured friends. But I don't know that. I mean, maybe I would have. Maybe I would have. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Maybe, let me let me be honest. Okay. Probably. Okay. But now I just I I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, and you're also, you have a private side, right? Your oh, personal yeah. side, your private yeah. side. And it does seem like everything's laid out bare and exposed yeah. with social media yeah. a lot of times. I mean, we're super careful about that because yeah. it's event-driven, it's congratulatory-driven to organizations yeah. that we support right. and media sponsor, but it's never the self-aggrandizing, right. this is what I had for lunch or dessert or, or right. whatever is on Yeah, there. Yeah, it's basically an arm of the 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 society diaries and what we do just you know for the magazine in right general. and really we're, we're both very very careful and cautious with that to no just and i really have to that. say I, I i totally get that and i even think it's smart i mean you you've got to promote your business you know mm-hmm. and it's one of the great tools yeah uh 
that we have today to do so. So for that, I totally get it. But to let somebody know I'm in Venice at the birthday party of the ambassador, yeah, I mean, I actually would have a great Instagram feed. Uh, it, it, oh, yeah. But, it, I mean, if I wanted Instagram. to, I mean, literally, It'd I could. It'd be off the charts. It'd be fun. But I just don't want to. I gotcha. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you inspire in other ways, and you always have. And you Thank started you. out when the newspaper was the end-all and be-all. Oh, the newspaper was Mac the end-all, be-all. Maxine, Maxine and Betsy Parrish, both right. rest in peace. Yeah. And we had the Houston Post and the Houston Chronicle. Then the Post closed. And actually, that's why Holly and I started Paper City Magazine. We had a stable of clients and just lost 50%, you know, a huge chunk of where we got publicity right. for them. And so restaurants and stores and fashion houses and jewelers and hotels and what are we going to do? And one day we're at uh, La Madeleine having coffee. And back then, W was not bound. This is the 80s. It was tabloid oh, wow. size. Okay. just like yeah. looking down on the floor. And one had just been strewn all around. And Holly was like, uh, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Just let's do this for, but for Texas, for Houston. And so that's, that's, we did it to promote our clients. In the beginning, every page was paid for. It was mm -hmm. all advertorial okay. for the first year. It was mm -hmm. just Holly, myself, and a graphic girl. And if we had... If we had, you know, uh, Tootsies to pay for the, uh, the, we had Tootsies and a Neil Hamill model, the agency mm -hmm. chipped in, uh, M. Penner chipped in a quarter, mm -hmm. and if we shot it at the Hotel Alessandra, they chipped in a quarter. So everybody, but it was presented like editorial, but it wasn't. And I had learned that when I was working for Vogue in Mexico City, mm -hmm. we had something then in the, in the 70s and in early 80s called Promotion Vogue, where it was presented just like editorial, but it was all paid for. Right. So that idea kind of came from, from, from Vogue. Yeah. And but you, it worked yeah. to get us going. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you reinvented the media world because of that. So I thank you personally because you've always, you and Holly have always been a great inspiration. Well, Holly's really the, and, and she, back I, to, I ended up being more of the head cheerleader and she really is the one that took it and, and made it flourish. But in the beginning, it was, um, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Yeah. Well, it still looks great, which is yeah, awesome. She's, she's amazing, super devoted, so... That's right. That's exactly right. Let's get back to entertaining and fashion, okay. shall we? And we will do that right oh, after we take a break. Are we already out of town? We're, we're, oh, my god! We're done with part one, and we'll be right back with oh part gosh. two with Becca Case and Thrash. Stay you're, tuned. You're listening to Success with Style. Oh. 